Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, January 13, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart and reiterate what's jumping off the page based on the first thing or two that really get identified. And here it is. Obviously, you know what comes first. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. The second thing is she's eating time off the clock, building energy for another move higher. So here's what we're going to do with that information once again. Same information that we've been discussing, let's just reiterate it and break it down one more time. We're going to use this particular candle low, 375.91. That's the bogey. That's the line in the sand. Until and unless they start closing hourly and then daily below that number, she's going higher. If they begin to close daily and hourly below that number, she's going to go fill the gap. Then we have to discuss the 20 period moving average and so on and so forth. Nothing we can get into here with the market not doing that at present. That's something that would be discussed and reviewed inside the numbers in real time. Is there anything else on the daily chart that we need to identify? And the quick answer is no. How about the 240 minute chart? Is it doing anything different than the daily chart? Above all the moving averages, just eating time off the clock, doing what? You got it, building energy for another move higher. That's what's going on until something changes. Remember, this is the general area the market broke out from. It may not be finished breaking out. Broke out above a breakdown candle high, then it begins to go higher, but yet moves sideways first, can still go higher. Above all the moving averages, there's nothing wrong with the tape until there is. 120 minute chart riding the 20 period moving average still doesn't change anything we just discussed just a different look at the same stuff how about the hourly chart now this one is a little bit more interesting why is that because it was below its 20 period moving average for several candles dating back a couple of days and then today they butted up against the 20 period moving average closed an hour above it and really never looked back. We cited it inside the numbers. It was just interesting information to note. They fought to get back to the 20 period moving average and then got over the 20 period moving average. That has to count for something. Why is that? Because they're above all the moving averages now, even on this hourly chart. Again, the trend is your friend until she dumps you. This is the force of the larger time frames that are all in uptrends pulling the market higher. Whenever it dips lower, it gets pulled up by the thing that's more dominant. The larger time frames are more dominant. The monthly chart, the weekly chart, the daily chart, and so on. They're more dominant than an hourly chart or some intraday chart. The trend will change. Remember, we are looking for a top. It's not here yet. We go with the trend until it changes. How about inside the numbers? We're starting at the end today and then we'll work from the beginning after this post. I just want to point out the 312 post. It's just after the market closed. This just happened. It's fresh in my mind, so I want to talk about it. If things pick up into the end of the day, and here's where the market was basically just in a 
float slash grind chop shop formation. Keep in mind, 379.65 give or take should be support. 379.65 give or take. There's always a method to the madness. I'm not just telling you this to show you a trade. What I'm doing is showing you this so that we can use it as a learning opportunity because there is a lesson learned here. You know the routine, right of the vertical today's activity. Here's a five minute SPY chart, 379.65 is the number in question. Here's the end of the day. So that post was made at 3.12. So we're talking about 1500 is three o'clock in the afternoon. So it was somewhere around here. So the market wasn't at 379.65, it was above it. They come into 379.65, make a low of 379.61, that's the give or take, and then they have a nice rip your face off tiny rally away from it based on a five minute chart. It's not really a rip your face off rally, I say that tongue in cheek. However, they went up to a little over 380 and a quarter. Well, as you'll find out later when we discuss the other notes inside the numbers, we knew about 380 and a quarter from earlier in the day. So that wasn't a surprise. We also aren't surprised at 379.65. Why is that? Here comes the lesson learned. Well, let me do it this way. So what is this? This is the market eating time off the clock, similar to what we just discussed on the daily chart. And while this is a five minute chart, this is the same thing that we just discussed the daily chart is doing. So what happened was they ate time off the clock after a move higher, and then they had another move higher, and then what did they do? They came back to test a former breakout area. It's the same on all charts, why? because all charts act and react the same way. We see this over and over again. Nothing is ever really that different when you go from chart to chart and how the market operates. Now, sometimes they'll blow through an area. That's fine. Why is that? Because nothing works 100% of the time. We use the majority. We use the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule says that the majority of the time, the same thing is going to occur over and over and over again. Sometimes the other thing takes place. That's the 20%. You adjust accordingly. You're in the risk business. Think of it this way. If I know that about 80% of the time, if the market comes back on the first hit to test a former breakout area, is it going to work or not work? 80% of the time it's gonna work. Is that good enough for a trade? You have to answer that question for yourself. Now, the last topic on this is, how does it become 379.65? Why isn't it 379.51? Why isn't it 379.38? Why not 379.69? Well, because 379.65 is the number I came out with, and that's part and parcel to knowing a little bit deeper how the market works, having watched this go on year over year over year, watching charts day after day after day, hour after hour, you get the point. I understand more often than not where they're going to be resistance and where there's going to be support. It's part of the value of inside the numbers. Now we'll go to the beginning. We'll start with the pre-market commentary. In terms of stocks on the move, there wasn't any stock today that hit its number in the manner in which it was supposed to. One of them opened below and then went higher. That doesn't count. 
The rest didn't hit their numbers, so they become no trades. Doesn't happen often, but it does happen from time to time. Keep in mind, calm before the storm, earnings season really gets kicked off later this week, like on Friday, and then into next week, and then they begin to go fast and furious day after day after day with the earnings announcements. It produces tons of stocks on the move. I barely get any sleep. It's hump day. Markets didn't really get very far in the overnight session and they're still hanging around the neighborhood of the big fat round number, that's ES3800. At zero dark 30, that's what we've got. Moving right along, we'll check out the early thoughts. They started leaking lower as the morning went on. Here's one way to view the current tape. They're hanging around the big fat round number of 3800. They can't seem to bust through. We can also say it's ES380, give or take. If they can't get through by just eating time off the clock right under the number, what happens? Either they gap over it, that's one way. We know about that. We've seen that many times before. Or they need to get a running start, which is the same as recocking the gun. What does that mean? They'll pull back some to start over. And then in the early going, we're citing yesterday's low is going to be an important line in the sand. They didn't do all that stuff on the downside, so we don't need to go any further. We can just scroll up and see what happened as the day gets underway. The first thing that was important to me this morning is where are they going to open above or below yesterday's close? That for me in the early going puts the ball in either the bull or the bear camp right out of the gate. Not every day like that, but today that was the case. Staying below leaves the door ajar for 377.50 in the early going. Again, we're showing up in uniform prepared. Opening above or getting above, and that's 378.82, that was yesterday's close, opens the door for 379.75 again. Now, just to set the table one more time, in the early going, they did try to go lower. They never did reach 377.50. The low of day was 377.85, so they missed it by a little bit and then took off. So we had the general idea, we had the general support zone, they just didn't hit the number. That happens. Back to the chart for a second. Now forget the low, they start to rally. Where are they going? Remember, 379.75. They spike it by a little bit, but that was in fact resistance. And then you know what happens. If they can get above and start closing candles above, you have another number that becomes a target and then another point of resistance. You're going to see that as we go through the notes inside the numbers. Let's move along a little bit and scroll up. How about 944? As for the SPY, 378.50 is going to be an important line in the sand in the early going. Candle closes below, open the door for the 377.50. So as the market opens, we're refining the numbers down some. In the pre-market, you have to be wider because you don't really know how they're going to open them. Once the market opens and you get a sense for the tape, you can narrow down the field. 378.50, which is now this horizontal line, was in fact important. Now here's how I look at it. They never got to the 377.50, but they rushed back up to continue above and closing candles above 378.50. They took a quick dip below it and then they got right back above it. That's bullish as it relates to that particular number. Now you have to believe in the numbers to be on board with that stuff, but I'm getting you inside my head. And as you know, it's a dangerous place to be. Let's move along a little bit. By 1024, no change, tried to stay below 378.50, but bulls win the battle. 
Door is still open for $379.75 or more. Below $378.50 on candle closes, that's off the table. So you know the lay of the land. What did they do? They went up to $379.75, moving right along. Hopefully, you're getting the point of the notes, the teaching that goes on, the numbers that go on. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read the notes, double-check the work, go back to the charts, see what happened after the fact. I'm going to continue scrolling. I urge you to do the homework. If at all, you're an active trader during the trading day, at least in the S&P 500 or some like vehicle, SPY, ES futures, options, some of those leveraged exchange traded products. Either way, stop the video, read the stuff, and double check the work. If you did in fact double check the work, what you're going to find is the next area above 379.75 that was cited and a target was a zone between 380 and a quarter and 380.50. Now they went slightly higher. What about that? Well, let's check out the 12.55 post. This is where you would have read above 379.75 would trigger another leg higher. It was cited earlier. Here's where they were actually on the way to do it to where three and a quarter to 380.50. Now, here's the interesting part. Can they get higher? Yes, but not much in my humble opinion. SPY 381, give or take. So they did the thing where they went slightly higher, but not much. What was the high? The high was 380.86, a few pennies below 381. It's within the give or take thing. And by the way, with earnings season coming up, you want to give inside the numbers a try because stocks on the move will be a feeding frenzy of opportunity. We like to call it a bonanza. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Here we go again with another divergence du jour. So we had the S&P 500 up today. Fair enough. The IWM, which as you know, is my favorite market leading indicator, why that was down. Why is that? Well, we don't know, but it was down. Now, it's just down. It's high on the chart. They're a little bit overextended, and you know I hate that term. But from home base, as we know, they don't like to get too far from home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. So it's not uncommon to have a down day. It's just a down day. But down on the same day the S&P was up, that's called a divergence. We need to look into it further. It's of note, a puzzle piece on the table. There's nothing technically wrong with the IWM, but we want to be aware when we begin to see divergences. Why? Because if it's my favorite market leading indicator, and leading means that it's the first dog out of the gate. So if it's leading, for example, and some other things are going to follow later on, that's why we pay attention. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Again, another down day for this index. My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. Now we're not making a federal case out of about half a percent on the downside. It's high on the chart. It's at new highs above all the moving averages. We know all that stuff. There's technically nothing wrong, but the same rules apply. If it's in fact a leading indicator, and the canary in the coal mine, we want to pay attention. It becomes a puzzle piece when there's a divergence. Why? Because divergences are going to self-correct. Either the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ are going to come down to mirror image the transports and the IWM, 
or it's just a one-day wonder, for example, in the IWM and the transports, and they're going to turn around and follow suit in the northern direction, catch back up to current price in the SPY and the Qs. One of those two things is going to take place. It always does. Which one? We don't know. That's why we watch. We watch for signs. We watch for clues. We watch so that we can figure this stuff out before other people. Speaking of the cues, what about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Is there anything wrong with this chart? Absolutely not. Up today, two bucks, above all the moving averages, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with the tape, nothing wrong with the chart, we're moving along. Flat day for the XLF, they were down a little bit earlier in the day, finished basically flat slash a rounding error, we're not going to make anything out of that, high on the chart, uptrend, above all moving averages, beating up against the former highs, that's where we are. Nothing new until you see a character change, a sign and signal of a trend change, high volume, then nothing's doing. It's just in an uptrend. How about Smash Mouth? Well, Smash Mouth had a down day. Interestingly enough, Smash Mouth is a pretty good leading indicator of the tech space as a whole. So again, we have divergences du jour, so we have to pay attention. These are puzzle pieces, but we have to take them in stride. Again, the bigger dominant thing going on is the uptrend. A down day is just a down day until it morphs into something other than just a down day in one thing, Smash Mouth, or two things, the transports and Smash Mouth, or three things, the transport, Smash Mouth, and the IWM. You see where I'm going with this? It's going to morph into something or these things will just turn around and follow suit in the northern direction. That's the way it works. I'm getting some questions on gold, so I'll cover gold, but I'm going to do it from mainly a longer-term perspective. Why am I doing that? Because I believe gold is in a longer-term uptrend. Gold is volatile. Gold is very difficult to trade. If you own gold for the long term, that's one thing. Then you don't care so much about the daily swings back and forth. If you're trying to trade gold on a daily basis, it's very difficult because I'm here with a, it's in a longer term uptrend scenario. So I'm not really giving information in terms of the day-to-day stuff going on in gold. But what we can do is we can take a look at the weekly chart and say, what happened last week? Is that a weekly chart? reversal candle and the answer is it is so here's what happened the market or gold went up to test this high over here this pivot high and then it was rejected and in doing so put in a reversal candle on the weekly chart so how do we have to handle that well until and unless they really get back above the weekly 20 period moving average it's going to be somewhat contained by the fact that we're below that meaning the 20 week moving average and you have the reversal candle. Look at the longer term picture. Look at the breakup candle low that we were talking about a long time ago. And remember, they came back and tested it already. They bounced away from it pretty darn good. So if they come back to test the same breakup candle low, it's not the same trade. However, that low is at 165.34. They're still above there. Some, from a monthly chart perspective, there's nothing wrong with gold on the monthly chart. So it depends on how you look at it. It depends on what your time frame is that you're looking at it. If I'm looking at it on a daily chart, I'm saying, hey, 
either they're going to climb up this breakdown candle on the daily chart with a high of 176.99 or they're going to put in a bearish flaggish pattern and they're going to make another move down and maybe fill a gap down here maybe not fill the gap but maybe run another test of 170 all these things are possible but doesn't really change the bigger picture so that's why I wanted to have this discussion and use three different time frames, daily, weekly, and monthly, so that you can understand it depends on what your time frame is, how you feel about gold. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense market analysis.